been kicking down this motherfucking door, and we're doing that. Let's get into it. If there's anything that could be haunted, for sure that what? fucking chair's haunted. Then again, the internet always wins. The internet always wins. Searching around about uh, this dock I found. Let's be frank, there's piss on the floor. So I'd just like to give you a chance to kind of introduce yourself and uh, and tell people what the farthest is about. So the, I'm Emer Reynolds, the um, writer and director of The Farthest, which is a feature documentary that we made that came out in 2017, <laughs> I think, 2017. Mm -hmm. And it tells the story of the iconic Voyager spacecraft. Um, an incredible spacecraft that was built and launched in 1977. In fact, there were two of them, Voyager 1 and Voyager 2, and they were the first spacecraft to ever explore uh, the outer planets of the solar system, Jupiter and Saturn, and then ultimately Uranus, Neptune and Uranus and Neptune in that order. And it was incredible, like the most extraordinary Voyager discoverer ever, ever. We'd never been out there. We'd never seen these planets up close. Voyager in many ways wrote the the textbook about those, took all the photographs, wrote the textbooks about those outer planets. Uh, it's certainly been the only spacecraft to ever visit Uranus, Uranus and Neptune. We've been back, as you know, as everyone I'm sure knows, to uh, Jupiter and Saturn. But, and then Voyager went on an incredible journey of scientific discovery and then was, became the first spacecraft ever to leave our solar system, which was an extraordinary feat. So it's an incredible little rock star spacecraft out there chugging along, but a very unique thing about it is it has a little golden record attached to each spacecraft. They were put together by the incredible uh, Carl Sagan and, his, and a very small curated team who chose music and images and sound and sound effects to basically communicate life on Earth to any potential alien that might ever come across these spacecraft. So it's, it is a beautiful sound and pictorial essay about who we are as, as people, what life on planet Earth is life. And the whole, the whole package, both the golden record and the incredible little spacecrafts that are out there, they could at some future point be the only remaining evidence that we were ever here. They will be out there flying around our galaxy till the end of time, long after the earth has been burnt up by the sun in a couple of billion years. So they really, the film and the spacecraft and the golden record are really a kind of a love affair to science and to the mysteries that make us human. And it's a, it's a story about, yeah, all the mysteries of human existence. Why are we here? What's it all for? Who's out there? Is there anyone out there? You know, what is the meaning of it all? So, it, you know, it, it's a pretty poetic, epic, celebratory, tender, very, very positive, pro-positive science message film about uh, how extraordinary we are when we do amazing things like this. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it just kind of <laughs> shows how small we are uh, and how, uh, you know, even with the uh, limited technology in the 70s compared to what we have now, uh, amazing things can happen. 
Yeah, like they, they obviously it was launched in 77. They started the design five years earlier. You know, they, they talk about the, the limitations of the computer, the computer processing power. They had more, we have more capability on our, everyone's smartphone you'd have in your pocket. They, in fact, they even compared at some point to the processing power of a, a key fob that you just right. unlock your car. You know, like they really had, it was a completely different time. The cameras are very, I mean, they're extraordinary for the time. They were cutting edge for the time, but completely different to what we've had now. But what I like about it, I mean, this spacecraft is still going. Voyager 2 is still, send, still sending back messages to Earth from billions and billions of miles away and still teaching us things. We're still learning from these spacecraft that were launched over 40 years ago. And, and what I love about them is that they, they talk about them as being almost like classic cars. You know, they, they weren't that sophisticated. They didn't have that many moving parts. And in fact, that's one of the reasons possibly they're so robust. You know, they are, they are pretty basic in many ways compared to what we'd, we'd launch now. And yet they're, they're knocking it out of the park, still, still, uh, still overachieving. Absolutely. So coming up with this uh, uh, documentary, kind of is space something that's always been uh, kind of a, a passion of yours or something that you wanted to tell that story? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a huge space, space in general and uh, science in general and space in particular fanatic. And I wanted to be an astronaut my entire childhood. I grew up on this farm in Southern Ireland in County Tipperary that had you know, the incredible dark skies overhead where you could see that no light pollution in the 70s. You could see the smear of the Milky Way overhead. I used to lie on the grass every night, you know, holding onto the grass with my fingers, tumbling, you know, imagining the earth spinning through the cosmos and dreaming of star nurseries and aliens and nebula, you know, praying that some alien would land in the field and take me away. I was so, uh, <laughs> I was dazzled by that. And so it was always a big part of my, my, imagination I'm a big science fiction fan as well so really getting to make this film when it came around um we you know we wrote it we pushed it it was just a moment in time when this story could be told when Voyager 1 basically broke free of the grasp of the solar system and became the first human-made object to enter interstellar space it became possible to tell the story on film in this way and and it was a dream come true for me and I wanted to make a film that would talk about space and science the way I feel about space and science, you know, with, with great love and awe and, and really make it for certainly space geeks and science geeks like myself, but also to aim it at a general audience, you know, and, and to do that, to share the, the love and awe I feel and the love and awe I feel for Voyager through these incredible characters that populate the film, the scientists and the engineers that dreamed up Voyager, made it happen, really made such incredible discoveries. And they're all such incredible people and they all gave so much to the film and it's a really strong element of the film, the, the, the passion, the humor, the emotion that you find in scientists, which uh, you know people don't associate that with science, but uh, it's really, really there in this film. Well, like, <laughs> you, you definitely did what you, you sought out to, to do. Um, you know, as someone who loves, uh, you know, everything about space, I'll sit and watch uh, anything on TV about space. Uh, you know, I found myself not only with the soundtrack out, you know, it was exciting compared to a normal doc. Um, I know the story of Voyager, but I was still excited. I was still uh, excited to learn more. Yeah. And then up to the point where, 
uh, Voyager passes Saturn. They said, well, it just came back blank pictures. I, I sat forward and said, oh, no, what happened? I, I, <laughs> I know Voyager's okay, yeah. but I, I got invested in it. Yeah, yeah. That's great. That's great to hear. Yeah, I, I know what you mean by that moment. You think, surely I saw more images after that, but maybe I didn't. Am I imagining it? Yeah. It's right. very tense. And they tell it. The scientists in the film tell that story like it's happening yesterday, you know, and <laughs> it's your heart's in your mouth, you know, that are, are these incredible little spacecraft going to actually make it. That's right. And, uh, you know, like you said, the, the scientists, you know, it, it, was, it wasn't a dry science interview. There wasn't one of those in the whole documentary. Uh, everyone's very personable, relatable. Um, you know, it, it, I think it brings you into the documentary. Well, I think science, science can be told in a pretty dry way and it can also be, you know, a little intimidating and people think, oh, I'm, I'm not good at science, I'm not good at maths, I won't like this. Whereas, in fact, the film is, it's, it's an unabashed celebration of science, that's no doubt about that. It's a love story to science, um, but more, it's, it's actually a love story to human ingenuity and curiosity and you know the heart and commitment and devotion and love it takes to to have the imagination and the courage to ask huge questions what is out there what does it look like jupiter the size of jupiter and yet can we get close enough to try to discern what the clouds are made of what the gases are you know it's stuff that will matter to us just because we want to know it you know it doesn't have an end game in terms of our own you know life on earth but it's we want to know because it's important to know. It's important to understand the universe and it's to understand our place in it. Yeah. So I was very, very, we were very, very fortunate with the people who, who took part in the film, the, the, the contributors in the film are, you know, they might even dare I say it be knocking Voyager, the spacecraft off the, off the plinth in terms of the superstars of the film, the people <laughs> in the film, who built this spacecraft, who flew it for all this time, who love it, who are invested in it, who want you to, who want to share the adventure with the audience. They're, they're incredible. They're incredibly, you know, human. You know, it's the humanity of it. It's the joy of it. They're talking like one character in the film, Frank Lockettell talks about never seeing, you know, when Voyager was launched, he felt he would never see it again. And you feel like he's talking about his, his child, you know, that he has raised and is now off on this adventure and, and all the emotion and feeling, which is, which, you know, it's what makes the, which was what to make Voyager so special. And hopefully uh, the film, you know, that it's, it's, it's a real human story. Absolutely. So yesterday when we started to record our episode, uh, one of my co-hosts brought out this, uh, this package. It was a 40th anniversary Voyager package. It has the, uh, the vinyl in it, uh, you know, albeit on three different discs with all the sounds and songs that are on Voyager uh, and all, a book of all the pictures. Uh, and just to see that, uh, you know, is amazing. It's kind of awe-inspiring of, of, you know, what they put together. And it just got me thinking of the interview uh, or the guy who, who made the record said, you know, I've only made two gold records in my, uh, my career <laughs> yeah. and they were flung off the, the earth. <laughs> exactly. The only, the, the only two records he ever made, but what an incredible, you know, isn't he amazing? Lucky his record that he pressed will be out there long after we are little half memories of cosmic dust floating around the place. He'll still be out there, you know, expressing himself. You know, that, I love the golden record. I mean, I, I, to be honest, between you and I, I don't really like the music on the Golden Record particularly. Yeah. 
I, a couple of them I really love, Louis Armstrong, etc. But um, I love the sound essay. You know, there's an essay where there's rain and a child's laughter and heartbeat and sounds in a forest, you know, and I find that I could listen to that all night. You know, it's, it, it really is something exceptionally evocative of, I think, I think if there's an alien out there in a hundred billion years who finds this record and who builds the little turntable with the stylus that the instructions are on it to do and presses play and hears a rain and a, a dog bark and a baby cry, I, I, you know, I think they'll burst into alien tears, you know, with, with the joy of it, with the joy of the communication, because it, it's, it's transcendent, you know, it really does express something really, really magical, really, really mysterious. And that's one of my favorite parts of it is the thought that uh, some civilization out there at some point, and it makes me sad and sad that, that it won't be around to, uh, to experience it, um, yeah. that is going to pick it up and, and get to experience that for the first time. It's highly unlikely, of course. Uh, it's highly unlikely that anyone, any civilization, will ever find it. It's it's too tiny in the vastness of our galaxy. Um, but we can hope. We can hope. <laughs> That's right. But best wishes for it. <laughs> um, so, I guess, how did this project come to be? Like, what made you, uh, being a lover of science and, and space in particular? Um, what kind of clicked in your mind that said you want to tell this story? Well, it was, um, it's 2013 when one of my film, one of the film's producers, John Murray and I spoke about making it and we had been half talking about it for a number of years in a kind of a, isn't it an incredible story? Wouldn't it make an incredible film? And there'd been, you know, various TV documentaries every 10 years or so, you know, another 10 year anniversary documentary and people would talk about it. And so we, you know, we were, we were kicking it around in terms of what's the film. Is there, is there a chance to make a, an epic cinema film about it? A cinema film, not, you know, not, not just a refresh of the science. And as I said, my husband remembers that me, me opening the, the newspaper, the Sunday newspaper one morning in 2013 and, and NASA announced uh, finally, they could confirm. It taken them about a year to confirm it that uh, Voyager One had indeed left. The, you know, had had entered interstellar space, which is, you know, it's leaving the bubble around our sun that basically controls our sun and entered into the, this area of space that we had never been in before. You know, this, and it was like this huge moment in in, in human history. And it was it was, you know, there it was on the Sunday paper and. John and I realized we could actually, we could frame the film in that, in that moment that Voyager was back in the news again. It was back doing something that had never been done before. So yeah, we pitched it very quickly and, and got an awful lot of interest in it very quickly. And so, I mean, still films take a long time to make. I think it was four years from, from script to screen, but, um, you know, that's because it was ambitious and, and it took a while to raise the, enough funds to, to tell it because there's a lot of CGI in the film. We wanted to reimagine the CGI in, in a new, fresh way for a cinema film or for a cinema experience and for a new audience. So CGI is expensive and, and takes time to make, takes time to research and get right and, and, to, and, to, and to dream it up and to execute it. So, yeah. Absolutely. While we were recording yesterday, one of uh, my co-hosts uh, commented on the CGI in particular and said, uh, 
how fantastic it was. Well, I, I shall express that to um, Ian Benny Kenny, who's our CGI designer, because he, 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 in fact, did it all on his own, would you believe it? He, it wasn't a team of thousands of little compositors and, 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 and people working with him. It was him alone in a, in a studio in South County, Dublin, in a garden studio overlooking the sea. And, he, and his machine like churned day and night for like a whole year doing those uh, beautiful, beautiful imagery. And uh, I think they're beautiful as well. That we really wanted to, we really wanted the audience to feel that they were maybe flying through the solar system, clutching onto the edge of Voyager, you know, that they, that you might get that visceral feeling of flying past these incredible gas giants and years and years and years in empty space with nothing around you and all the loneliness and all the awe and joy of it. So I think you really achieved that. So thank you. Thank you. I will tell him you said that. Perfect. Um, so I know it's a busy week uh, coming up on Christmas. So uh, you're in the middle of um, uh, promoting your new film. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I'm right in the middle of publicizing it. So I was a little afraid that in the middle of talking about this, I would uh, start droning on about Thin Lizzy not being on the golden record. <laughs> I would get confused. I would get confused about the stories I was I was talking about. But yeah, I'm, I'm promoting my new film, which is called Songs for While I'm Away, which tells the story of Irish rock legend, Phil Lennett, who is the lead singer of Irish rock band Thin Lizzy, who is an incredible songwriter, an incredible performer, incredible human being, massively loved here, an incredible icon. And Tin Lizzy, I'm sure your audience know their music. They wrote huge hits like The Boys Are Back in Town and Dancing in the Moonlight. And, and he's an incredible person. He ha he's mixed race, coming from a working class area of Dublin in 1950s Ireland, which was very, very closed, very, very monochromatic you know he, he he certainly wasn't the only black boy in the whole country but he probably felt like that you know he wasn't he was very very rare and and he crafted a path from very humble beginnings to basically rock legend status they end up in you know at one point playing in front of a hundred thousand people on the steps of the sydney opera house you know so it's basically the story of his life told through his music and uh, it's hitting Irish cinemas, hopefully, if they're talking about closing the cinemas again, so we'll see, but um, it's hoping to hit Irish cinemas here in, on the 26th on St. Stephen's Day, and then out to the wider world after that. Perfect. Well, we'll be excited to uh, keep an eye on that. Uh, once it hits us over here in Canada, um, we'll be able to check it out. Uh, I'm excited for that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, so kind of something we usually do with guests is, uh, we did with Nick, uh, and he, he pointed us in the direction of, of your film. Um, do you have any documentaries that are kind of, uh, near and dear to your heart that, uh, you would suggest we watch? How many am I allowed to choose? As many as you'd like. <laughs> <laughs> um, my favorite documentary is, uh, the, the documentary Fire at Sea. Okay is a magnificent film by director Gianfranco Rossi, which is, is told on the small island of Lampedusa of Sicily. And it's about, um, it's basically, a, it's such a poetic, intimate, passionate, magnificent film um, about the, the, the islanders and this beautiful little old fashioned Italian island and the North African migrants who basically 
who are attempting to flee North Africa and make it to Europe who, who end up in, uh, in, in the detention center in Lampedusa because they've been scooped up by the Navy or whatever with their boats drowning and failing and calling for help. So it, it's the most beautiful film about you know, the human condition, about migrants trying to make new lives and, and, and all their suffering juxtaposed with this ordinary, you know, Italian life. And it's, it's stunning. It's absolutely stunning. So I would recommend you would watch that. And if I, I'm allowed one more, I'll, sure, choose yes. a, I'll choose an Irish film, which is a, a beautiful Irish film by a filmmaker called Paul Dwan, and it's called While You Live Shine. Um, it's, a, it's an incredible, it's my favorite film of the last few years. It's, um, it's an incredible documentary about traditional Greek music through the eyes of uh, a really idiosyncratic, eccentric American um, musicologist who is basically trying to preserve on vinyl and, and, and in recording all these incredible old Greek traditional tunes. And it's set in, in the wilds of Greece up near the Al Albanian border. Um, and it's over a few days in the summer when they have these festivals where all the locals basically dance for days and days and days to all this incredible old music. And the film is just a really, really poetic and heartbreaking and beautiful and mesmeric and, and soulful look at, uh, you know, community and dance and sound and preserving traditions. And it's absolutely lovely. Perfect. Well, uh, between the summit and the farthest, uh, we've we've had good luck with Irish films. So uh, <laughs> excited to look at that. Well, again, I have to thank you for taking uh, time out of your your busy uh, week, and uh, uh, it's been a joy to talk to you. My pleasure. Thanks so much for for calling.